Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon. We have 14 employees, over 650 titles in print with 20 to 40 new books per year, and we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. This week, we are going to answer a reader question, which will sound almost sarcastic at first <laughs> and it's, it's such a good question, sincerity though. which is i'm about to publish this book how do i know if it's good and i'm like man if only everybody asked this question i feel like it's kind of the million dollar question but it's also kind of the wrong question it's kind of the billion dollar question <sighs> the wrong billion dollar question okay we can compromise it's not really the question that makes money though nope no, and it's that, just the question that gives you self-respect. But it's like the question of like the subjectivity of the word "good." Mm. You know, I feel like is ultimately what is being discussed here. And I like, can just about guarantee that what I define as good is not what you define as good, and probably also, and what Ellie defines as good is probably a third thing. <laughs> Definitely, and that's kind of the beauty of being a publisher: is you get to choose. You mm -hmm. get to choose what you're putting out there, and you're saying is good. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not how it's necessarily going to be received. But I do think I do think it's good to like ask yourself that question because you do want to make sure that your intended audience will agree with you that this book is good. Or just appreciate what you're up to. And one way to do that is to find a member of your intended audience and run ask it by them. them. Yeah. People are remarkably good at telling you well, you know, giving their opinion freely, let's say. Yeah, people love people love to tell you what they think of something. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so how do you know if something's good? Ooh. Or, like, on what criteria would you reframe that question? Um, when I'm reading a manuscript or even just a pitch, and I get, I get this little, like, feeling. I get a, it's like a physical feeling kind of in my, like, almost in my throat. Oh. That tells me if something is exciting or not. Mm, okay. And I define good as exciting, yes. I'm just putting that out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. How, about, how about you? How do you know? So to me, something is good if it makes me interested in something I wasn't interested in previously, or if it takes a subject that I felt like had been really beaten to death, and I'm like, there is new life in this. And I feel like it has to sort of meet one of those two criteria. And, you know, sometimes, well, you know, and then the author needs to be able to execute on that. You know, it can't just be conceptual. Like, we, we're making books, not ideas, you know? I mean, yeah, like, you have, a good, you have to make sure the idea is good, and then you have to make sure the book is good, which you do through, like, grueling editorial process often. And so, you know, and to me, so then the, like, proof of concept comes down to going, you know, like for me, I know most of our subject matter and I know most of the books in print already and I'm well familiar with what else is on those shelves. So I don't need to thoroughly check it. But, you know, what I find shocking 
you know, the most frequently is that I will talk to somebody who has, you know, put in four years to write a book, and then I will ask them how it's different from the other books on the shelf, and they will have no idea what the other books on the shelf are. And, you know, and or in some cases, people really think that they don't want to know that because it'll pollute the sincerity of their creativity or something, which I really don't understand because... You know, it's like you're part of a conversation. <laughs> you're not a voice in the wilderness, you know. Like, pretty much anybody that reads your book is going to have read other books on the subject. And so, you know, normally, step one is read those other books, you know, presumably as part of, like, creating, publishing the book, you know. And if not reading them, then at least knowing what's in them and knowing, like, what they're you know, why they are loved or hated or both, you know. I guess there's a difference between, like, a book that is good on its merits in the contents and a book that is, like, well-conceived and well-developed for the market it's in. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's that. why you find a lot of books that are selling very well that are not, in fact, offering you very much once you pick them up and read them. Right. The value proposition is strong. The content is weak. Yes. And ideally, I mean, I, I do think that content does help with sales. I oh, mean, yeah, for honestly, sure. Honestly, like, our books that sell the best tend to be the best books inside, but that doesn't necessarily, that isn't necessarily a universal, but right. it does help with the self-respect to know that we're publishing books that are good on the inside yeah. as well as well-positioned on the outside. And part of it is that kind of thing matters so much more when you get into more crowded categories. So it's like if you were publishing one of the only books on a subject quality is a much more subjective because there is less to compare it to and b almost irrelevant because people just don't have options but if you are writing fantasy novels quality is paramount you know because people can get fed up within seconds if they don't like it or you know if you have a terrible first page why would they buy the book or like if you botch the ending they'll Oh. They'll, they'll probably read that much better, but they'll still get pretty mad. Yeah. And, you know, and they have just infinite options, you know, or near infinite options, you know. And so that is, or memoir even more so, you know, there's just so many memoirs and there's so many memoirs of every subset of <laughs> memoir that you can dream of now. And that didn't used to be that way, but now it is. And so you, you know, it's just harder to stand out in those fields than it is if you're writing about a subject that is a very hot right now or b just like completely underserved to its demand you know so if you like figuring out if that book is quality you kind of need to judge it a little bit based on the standard of the rest of the genre like is it yeah. doing at least what those other books do and preferably doing it better or doing it like in a cool different way yeah um is it like not clunky and yeah you kind of need to like use your own judgment and also other people's judgment for that can be very helpful i mean even if you have like an in-house editor who understands or even an editorial contractor if you have somebody in your world who understands that genre they can help make it up to standards right worth reading mm -hmm. uh -huh. and that and part of it too you know i mean i would say time and effort and the like is part of what makes a book good you know it's like when you slapdash something people can really tell thanks for joining us once again 
Please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful